Hey, Peter. What up? Do you know we have over 150 episodes already available? That's right. With thousands upon thousands of listeners from every state of this union that we live in. Probably. And one thing we haven't really done is a real live recording, but that is about to change, isn't it? That's right. From the historic Windsor Theater here in Hampton, Iowa, a live recording with me, Bullhagen, Berg, Vicker, and Peter for one night and one night only. When is that going to be, Pete? It'll be Monday, January 24th at 7 p.m. It's completely free to join us, no admission. And uh, we would like some audience interactions and all sorts of fun things, and maybe some guests. The concession stand will be open, and you could even BYOB to share. So yeah, come come with a friend, come with a question, and we'll have some note cards too. So think of a question, you can write some questions down so you don't feel like you have to, you know, stand up and ask a question if you're kind of like nervous about it. And, and we know we know Berg's not listening right now, but we'll tell you, we actually will find ways to bother Berg too. Oh, we'll find a way to bother him. Oh, sure. Yeah. So please join us. That is Monday, January 24th at the Windsor Theater in Hampton, Iowa. Please join us. I hope to see you there. Recorded live at Talks and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studio. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Now, hang on. You sound terrible. Well, thank you, Pete. Hang on. Let, wait, maybe I should do the intro. Okay. All right, all right. Recorded live at Talks and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studio, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Peter. It's just the two of us today. Yeah, two Bullhagens and a microphone. Two Bullhagens and a microphone. Two Bullhagens and a microphone. What up, though? That's a whole lot of bullhagen. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. Uh, my, uh, um, you know, having a burial uh, in sub-zero weather, it's not good for the voice. Sub-zero weather? How cold was it? It was probably about six or seven below zero. Oh, gosh. That is a way of, and not only the weather, the, the dry air. I bet. The dry air. Yeah, so... So I sound a little rough. Yep. Maybe hey and Vickers Vic go ahead. Maybe we should play this back for for mom and she can listen to my voice. Hi Julie. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this in front of your own son? This is this is terrible. Um so Vickers on his day off and Berg has been so busy this week. And uh and we won't, you know, we are dedicated since we got this show on the road. We've had a show every single week, nonstop. Or at least something. We've had something. So, and this is something. Today you get that's two <laughs> bullhiggins and a microphone. This our 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 goal today is to have something to post and not something. have a good not to have a good episode. This is something. probably not. If this is your first time listening, skip this one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you what are you sipping on there? What you got? I have. Uh, Bella V. This is Aldi spark sparkling water, a lemon. What do you got there, Bullhagen? I've got a uh, Arnold Palmer half and half. Ha- is that the light lemonade. or the diet? Uh, it's the light. It's the light. The, the gray can. Yeah, those are a little better than the diet. I, it, you know, 
A lot of those drinks, you can maybe taste the difference, and sometimes you can't. You can really taste the difference with right. the Arizona it, tea. It's uh, not just the flavor. The It's got just a little bit of a, a sugary thickness that you notice. Yep. It's important. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Peter, what am I preaching on? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. If, if you want me to... Uh, hey, yeah, I, could, you, uh, I could Google this. Hang on. Uh, save, save your elderly father's voice here. One year lectionary... <laughs> we are looking at the third Sunday after the Epiphany, Matthew chapter 8, yeah, and Romans chapter 12. Do you know which ones those are? Yes. Yes, which I do. Which one are you? Well, I mean, obviously you do because you're preaching on them. Right. So before I, I get into the gospel reading, um, can you uh, go ahead and, and just read the Romans chapter 12? You got the ESV there? Uh, Yeah, I can pull it up here. Because this is just a simple text that I think everyone needs to hear. I don't think I'm going to preach on it, but I just, uh, I think it's really good to listen to as far as our gotcha culture. All right, so this is Romans 12, 16 through 21. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That is... So contrary to thought, especially right now, I think, mm -hmm. when you have people who, uh, like there was a politician in California who died of COVID and she was against vaccine mandates. And everyone loved that story, it seemed like. It, it just, yeah, uh, yeah. this is the whole idea of living in harmony with another and humility Living peaceably, as much as it depends on you, sometimes it doesn't, as much as it depends upon you, uh, live peaceably with others. And uh, don't seek event to avenge yourself, but let God do what he does. He will repay. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. I mean, this is such simple words that the gospel teaches us. The reason why I say the gospel teaches us is that's um, that's one thing that uh, can only really come from the gospel because we are alive in Christ because we were enemies of God and God showed us love. We were hungry, we were beaten, we were left on the side of the road, lost on our sin, and God, to people who were born natural enemies of him, he showed grace and mercy. And so the only way to respond to that when we think of living in harmony and what with one another and uh, seeking to live peaceable lives in harmony, um, that can only truly come from the gospel. And so um, true harmony comes from the word of God and, and seeking to, to hear God's word and Christ who is given in that word 
true harmony is found in the Lord's Supper and baptism. That's why the Apostle Paul talks about there's one baptism. You know, so all of this kind of comes together to remind us of the harmony, the peace that we should seek with others, and, and the, the love, even to our enemies, because that's that's not the, the world we we live in, for sure. Especially, wouldn't you say, Peter, in the internet world? <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever spent any time on Twitter, that is definitely the case. So, <clears throat> so that's just a really, really simple text that if, if maybe your pastor's preaching on where it really is something to always bear in mind because it's something that we all fail on, but it also is something that Jesus uh, and the Holy Spirit, as he leads us in sanctification, um, as he sanctifies us to seek uh, to treat each other in that way. Um, but it just seems like, Peter, you can mention, don't you think in the last couple of years that uh, these kind of ideas have really gotten even worse? I think, yeah, I think I that's the case. And I think a lot of it is... Um, you know, when you're not face to face to somebody, you can be as mean as you want to be. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, they've been, you know, they, they have these, even in school, like they have these anti-bullying things and it's like, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, it's common sense. You, you say something online, you'd never say it to somebody in person. And I think it just gets, it's been getting amplified and amplified and the, the thing that is acceptable to you online has increased as time has gone on. And the, the pers- more time you spent, the you have to escalate. You have to escalate. You have to escalate. And uh, and, and there's only it, so much you can escalate. And it it, uh, it creates an atmosphere where it leaves no room to actually have a change of mind. <laughs> because um, when you say someone who disagrees with you, there's they're, they're just dumb or they're just an idiot or they're not thinking about things. What actually does then is you're building up a wall that says, so what happens if I'm wrong? There's no way in humility. You're building up a wall that makes it harder and harder for conversation to happen for people to actually change their minds because people would rather save face and not be wrong than actually actually wrestle what is what is true. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I here's a here's a Bergian hot take. I I think that the internet is a big a big problem with why the politics have gotten so bad too, because all of these and I've talked about this before. All these algorithms are like you know the Twitter, the YouTube, the Facebook. They they're all made to just show you what's going to keep you on their platform and keep you engaged. And what keeps you engaged? Anger keeps you engaged. So all these algorithms have been slowly kind of pushing us to one extreme or the other kind of, I mean, it's kind of a charged word, but we basically get radicalized um, in either direction, right? In the right or the left. Mm -hmm. And so like you were saying, you know, there are people that are like, oh, that person died because they didn't get a COVID shot. Good. I'm glad they're dead. They're radicalized. Right. Or somebody who marches, marches the Capitol to, you know, who breaks into a government building while business is being conducted, that's, they're radicalized. Right. Right. We've hit both options. You know, it's, uh, 
I think, and I think that's all social media and that kind of thing. It, it, it's kind of like, kind of like this. Okay. Um, public service announcement. Okay. Uh, it's, it's kind of acts like a divorce lawyer. And what I mean by that is a divorce lawyer is only there to really divide two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for example, uh, when you hire a divorce lawyer, the divorce lawyer is there to make sure you get everything that you can and the person you're divorcing gets the least amount of possible things, right? You get yours, whether it's your money or um, your children or your house or whatever, how, how they ever tried to divide that. Your lawyer is there to make sure you get everything that you, you can get. They're not interested in any kind of healing, and what's interesting about that is it's the opposite of what marriage really is. Marriage seeks to the betterment of the other person before self. And it, it seeks um, for the husband to love his wife more than he loves himself, that her needs come even before my own needs. And uh, and that's what we teach as, as Christians and as a pastor. And then a divorce, divorce lawyer comes and says, okay, um, that's now the enemy. You need to get yours. And uh, I think the opposite of harmony, just like what you're saying with the internet, it does the opposite of bringing people together. I think Facebook at one point in its early days was kind of good at bringing people together. You'd see, oh, I haven't seen so-and-so in 10 years, right? Right. And it became a way of, oh, I wonder, you know, my classmate, they have children. I wonder what they, they look like, mom or dad or that kind of thing, and a way of actually bringing people together. Now, it's still being sold that way, but human nature, what happens? It's not, it's not a harmony thing anymore. That's for sure. That's for sure. That said, you know, I'm, I, can, I think I can do this. Your listeners, you know, your faithful listeners, uh, our, our audience really likes Facebook for the most part, I believe. Not really Twitter, guys. Judging by our Twitter, uh, <laughs> Twitter users. Me, bro. Come on. Um, Two bullheads in a microphone. Give Set yourself, uh, maybe this uh, it's a little bit late for New Year's resolution. So just for the next week, every time you post, before you hit the post button, just force yourself to stop and reread what you just typed. <laughs> right? What, what's, the, uh, what's the rule, Dad? Say it out loud. Say it out loud, right? <laughs> What am I what am I telling this person on the online or what am I, you know, what am I telling everybody who has some kind of relation to me? Because that's what Facebook friends are now. Actually, you know what? I've actually shown great restraint with with Facebook in this way. You know, my personality is always like poke the bear. type, Uh Right. For example, a big part of the show is me trying to annoy Berg. Um, I had so many times where I just wanted like on someone's post, just drop a little bomb that I know will cause like thousands of people to like react, not say something controversial myself, but egg someone into saying something. Oh yeah. You know, so what are you exactly saying? (laughs) Yep. What do you really think? (laughs) It's so hard for me. I don't do it, but I'm tempted. Good job. So that's, that's my challenge. Uh, just, just for the next week, just before you hit the post button, read what you're going to say. And then, you know, 
either if you, if you think it might not come off right, you can reword it. Or you know what? You don't have to post. You can just click the X on that. You know, you don't have to. Not everybody needs to know your opinion on this specific issue. You know? All right. You heard it from the the gen. What gen are you? Uh, technically, I'm a millennial, so I'm one of I'm one of you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so our gospel reading uh, is from Matthew chapter eight, and uh, this is often a, a passage where it gives you a wonderful opportunity to talk about faith. And in this passage in Matthew chapter eight, there are two miracles. There is Jesus coming down from a mountain. And uh, a leper came to him, knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And immediately uh, Jesus stretched out his hand, uh, I will make you clean, and he was cleansed. Um, And then we have a centurion who came forward appealing to the Lord, my servant is paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. And he said to him, uh, I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man of authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go and he goes. To another, come and he comes. And to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed him, truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found much faith. For I tell you, many will come from east and west, no one in Israel, oh, and recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And the centurion, and to the centurion Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. So in these two uh, examples of faith, um, the first thing I want to mention, this will be my top 12 list. Okay. Especially in the Gospels, the, the examples of faith come from unlikely people. All right? Um, and Jesus talks about this when he talks about the centurion. He talks about, uh, here I am in the, amidst the house of Israel, and I haven't found faith like this. Okay? He was not a part of the temple society. I think Luke mentions that maybe he was helpful in uh, building the syn- a synagogue, but but he was not what you would say, and the people would say, as someone with a part of the the faithful community, and yet yep. he uh, trusts the word of God. But you, um, something I think vicars tend to get a lot of this text. Um, uh huh. They just—I'm not sure if it's on purpose or not. It, it just happens, maybe. Um, yeah, it probably heard, just happens. I've heard a lot of different preachers preach this text, and you know what's the common denominator? And I'm in about every sermon I hear about this. What's that? What a centurion is. I swear <laughs> we cover this every year. <laughs> Listen, this guy is not just a normal dude, you know. This guy commands a lot of people, and it's like, yeah, okay, we understand. Is that the important part here? Right. <laughs> but it's kind of it's kind of funny how a vicar every every time this text comes up, it's a different vicar that they go, oh, this guy's important. He has many people. I, th- I think that a lot of times the point is that uh, is this that here he is an important person who was in charge of a lot of men, 
It's not someone people will say, hey, this is what could you know, do this. The fact that this centurion, it comes to Jesus in a humble way. Mm. That uh, if, if he says to anyone, go to my house, they're going to go to my house, you know. Um, but the fact that he finds himself unworthy for Jesus to come, and here he is kind of a powerful leader in the Roman army, um, I think that is the point, that he doesn't, even in his state of power, he still still is humbled at the presence of the Lord and saying, "My, ho- I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, what we learn about faith in, in both of these stories is, one, there, there's two sides. At first, they know that Jesus can do something about it, whether it's the leper or whether it's a centurion. There's also an understanding of unworthiness. That's inherent to having leprosy. Um, leprosy that you know was a sign of, in the, in the minds of people, I am a grave sinner. And, uh, and uh, they had to walk around saying, unclean, I clean. That's why they were cast off. People would think, maybe, what did they do? So you couldn't be have leprosy and not be humbled by it. But he says, so if it... Sorry, is so uh, this leper cleansing a leper? Um, how many is this the same story as the ten lepers, but in a different book? Or no, is this, this is a, a different leper. This is different. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> no, that that would uh, that one. Uh, it points out that he was a Samaritan, and we don't have anything like that in this. Okay. But one trust that got Jesus can do something about it. Um, and, uh, and two, he even says, Lord, if you will, he prays, if it's your will, Jesus. So he knows that Jesus could do it, but then he also trusts in the love and the compassion of Jesus. So it's not just trusting in the power of what he can do, but the love that comes from that power as well, that that at the heart of Jesus is goodness, that uh, like in the earlier passage in the epistle, how we talked about loving your enemies. Um, if your enemy is hungry, give them some food. In much the same way, they, they feel as though in some way they are apart from God, that uh, they are a different cut from Jesus. And yet they trust, one, that Jesus can do something, and two, that Jesus is kind and good and merciful to do something about it. And then especially in the centurion, we also see that he trusts in the, the authority of Jesus' word, that Jesus doesn't even have to go. If he says the word, it will be done. And, um, and so he understands the authority of Jesus' word along the way, too. And, so, and both come from unlikely places. And um, both come from not the great men and women of the children of Israel, uh, but uh, from unlikely places. And that's why Jesus then includes the fact that it's a warning to us. You know, I do think that this could address what I call sometimes Lutheran complacency, meaning we've got our doctrine right, you know, um, and without being humbled by the faith of others or realizing that uh, there are people outside of our circles 
who have faith and uh, and and strong faith. So, um, because you know, I think a lot of times as Lutherans, we might place ourselves as the ones reclining with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and uh, without humility and realizing there are those folks who who trust in the word of god um and, and have faith because faith comes where god wills it it comes through the, the hearing of the word of god it comes by the power of the holy spirit to convert to breathe life into us and as he tells the apostle or tells john or excuse me in john nicodemus about the spirit goes where he he wills it and the wind blows, you don't know where it comes and where it goes. And, uh, and that's what we have here um, in, in the faith of uh, the, the leper and the faith of the centurion. And using their examples of faith to, one, uh, to trust in the will of God, to know that he has the power to save you, and to also trust in the fact that God is kind and merciful and desires to save you. And with that faith, you can lead you to understand times of suffering or times of hurt um, and all those things with the understanding that, yes, Jesus can do something according to his will. And even if he chooses to do, do, do something differently, uh, it doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Pastor Berg did that in the in last couple of weeks in a very, very nice, nice way, um, you know, he had, was uh, a lot of people were praying for someone to be healed, and, and they wanted to be healed, and a lot of people were praying, and it didn't turn out the way people wanted it to. But it doesn't mean that God isn't good and gracious. It just means that He chose to heal them in in a different way, to to give them the full healing of our Lord Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven, and that's what faith holds to. Even if He doesn't give you what you need or how fixings the way you want it to. Um, we trust in, in God's promise and his goodness, um, and he just has to say the word, and he gives us what we truly need. And he answers our prayers in, what we, in ways we truly need, not necessarily in the ways we actually want. So Yeah, I think we hit that pretty good. That's right. Two Bullhagens and a microphone. <laughs> Is this from something that I should know? Yeah, there's an old rap song. It's like two ter- turntables and a microphone. Okay. <laughs> it's old school. No one understands it except for people my age. There's like a five-year, two years on either side of my age who have a, a background in that kind of music. Where It's At by Beck. Oh, was it Beck? Mm-hmm. That's where it came. But I think... He, it was from other places before that. Only thing that's coming up is Beck. No. <laughs> that's not important. Well, well, Beck had one of the great songs of all time, though, didn't he? What's that? I'm a loser, baby, so I don't... Now go ahead. Huh? <laughs> go on. <laughs> it's about uh, killing the old Adam and being born again, I think. Really? <laughs> it's a confession absolution. All right, listener, um, if you uh, go ahead and look up Beck and let me know, because I'm not going to do that right now. Uh, let, <laughs> let me know how much of the old Adam shows up in that song or whatever. <laughs> uh, feedback at clericalerrors.org is my 
email, uh, facebook.com slash clerical errors podcast. And we have a Twitter at me, bro. It's at clerical errors P P for podcast. And, uh, we have a store too. store.clericalerrors.org. Uh, get your shirts. Quality shirts. Quality shirts. Now, note to self, they do, because uh, we got shirts that that Pastor Bullhagen wanted, they're a little form-fitting. So uh, so if you need, I would upsize. If you're not sure which size to get, go the upsize. What yeah, you say, yeah. Pete? I agree. Yeah. Oh, and... Uh, we we <laughs> we had a I had an email that one of our shirts got a little bit ripped up. Um, the the logo on the back of it. The logo on the back of it. Um, I didn't have that issue. Uh, let me know if you guys are having that issue. Uh, I think it's probably just make sure you wash it on cold. I think it's I I didn't get a confirmation from that person what what happened to it. Um, but usually for that kind of thing, maybe the shirt got washed on hot instead of cold. Um. Oh wait, well, so we we did the text. Uh, I guess we could do something else. You you said you had a top twelve list, right? Yeah, yeah, I got. I just uh, did a quick little top twelve list, and this is uh, the top twelve going off uh, the gospel reading that I read. The top twelve uh, uh, unlikely examples of faith. So people of faith who don't just fit in kind of the natural contours of what we would think faith should come or what it looked like. Does that All right, make sense? I guess uh, I'll play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right, so this is basically unlikely people that had faith. Yes. Number 12. The Centurion. <laughs> <laughs> it's, on, it's on the nose. <laughs> All right. Number 11. Uh, the Canaanite woman who asked for her daughter to be healed. And uh, that's the that one where... The, the tapeless dogs get yes. the scraps. Right. And God and Jesus uh, obviously healed her, but he also comments that this Canaan great is your faith. Number 10. Zacchaeus. You know, he was a wee little man. Oh, a wee little man was he? Right. And uh, a tax collector, Jesus went to his house. And uh, he learned the gospel. Number nine, Melchizedek. This is a this the strange fellow in 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 uh, Genesis who kind of just appears, and uh, as a priest for Abraham, Abraham gives him ties to him, and uh, and goes on his way. But he helps Abraham, and we, he only just kind of appears, and then you don't know of anything before or after. And uh, so much so that Hebrews refers to him as a type of Christ. But it's not something you expect, because you expect, oh, the Bible at that point only really talks about, um, you know, Abraham, only the people of God there, you know. But really, you have this guy, he's not a, not a child of Abraham, and yet somehow he is faithful, the priest of the Most High God, and uh, that Abraham actually recognizes. So, Melchizedek. Number eight, Rahab. Rahab was uh, a prostitute who welcomed and hid spies as the children of Israel were about to take Jericho. And, uh, and so as she, she uh, the king of Jericho, the ruler, 
uh, says, bring me these spies, and she hid them and uh, so that her father's family would, would be saved from the, the, ch- the children of Israel taking over Jericho. And so um, she, in a way, is prophetic. She says, I know you guys are going to take us over, so can you at least save my family? <laughs> it's kind of a loser's attitude, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not with that attitude, Rahab. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, we are. We basically already lost. I, I know you guys are going to do it. You're walking around in a circle or something. You know, that's probably going to get us destroyed. So we'll just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and uh, interesting enough, in Matthew, uh, there is a Rahab in the family tree of Jesus. Oh. Is it the same so, Rahab? So interesting. Yeah. Number seven. Uh, number seven is my only fictional character. Oh. And it, it comes from a parable of Jesus, uh, the Good Samaritan. Mm. The priest and the Levi walk on by, and who, who shows the purest example of faith, how to love your neighbor and to love given, and there's no way I say an example of faith. Um, the, Jesus uses that uh, in a sense tells it to, to troll the rich man who was trying to, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And he says, well, look at this Samaritan who, who loved as if to say, okay, he's not what you expect from faith. And yet mm-hmm. he was the neighbor um, pointing to Jesus one, and also reminding us the unlikely places of faith and how faith teaches us to love others just as Christ has loved us. So the, this good Samaritan is number seven. It, it, um, if I remember correctly, the, that the, uh, the passage that's from Jesus really kind of strangely says that he's a Samaritan, right? Like he doesn't, Samaritan, yeah. Samaritan, sorry. Uh, Samaritan. Cause like, he doesn't just come out and say it right away. He just go, he gives the scenario and goes, now this man was a Samaritan. <laughs> Right. Like, he got the shock and awe value. He's like, oh. oh. Number six. Saul slash Paul. You know, if you were to, early on, when Saul was uh, persecuting Christians, and you would say, oh, this is going to be the the one that's going to go uh, all over the place uh, on and, uh, on behalf of Christ and the gospel, you would say, no, I don't think so. <laughs> So Paul would be an example of unlikely faith. And I think it just goes to show why the same Paul would write the words that we read earlier about loving your enemy and uh, feeding if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Because Paul understands at one point he was that enemy. I feel like that's a number one. That's a really unexpected one. Oh, you think I should... Yeah, but it, I guess it's so expected at this point. The thing is, is the fact that that we, because he's an apostle at this point, it's not really unexpected for us. I don't know. There might be a flaw on my list, Peter. Are you saying because we know that he... <laughs> wait, let's take a step back here. So you're saying because we know that he turned out to have faith, it's not unexpected? Well, it's not that, something you didn't. Didn't all of them end up having faith? Don't we know they all have faith now? Yeah, yeah. But he was. What's your point, man? 
I'm just saying he went from really bad to really good, and that was really unexpected. Is there a bigger? Yeah. Is there a, like a more shocking uh, turnaround there? Maybe. Oh, I guess we'll no. have to find out. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Come on, man! I spent four minutes on my list. <laughs> you said four minutes, and you couldn't put Paul at number one. Number five. I, <laughs> I didn't write the list, and I put him there. Number five. The wise men from the east bring gold, incense, and myrrh uh, uh, to worship Christ. That's a good one. Uh, So uh, not anything that was expected, for sure. Not something that Herod was expecting. And and yet there they were. Number four. The Ethiopian eunuch. The Ethiopian eunuch. Yes. Who was... uh, who was wrestling with the events of Jesus' death and uh, resurrection, going back to Ethiopia, talking and uh, Philip, and and was baptized. And it's still, you know, many regard him as, as an important part of the Ethiopian church, which is still there amidst many, many different struggles, especially from Islam. Number three, the woman at the well. Reason why I'd say she would be an unlikely woman of faith is is the fact that she was married and divorced several times, and Jesus said, "Okay, and the man you are with right now is not your husband." As Jesus offers her to drink from the water of everlasting life, and uh, she went on to say, "He told told he told me everything that I had ever done," which is interesting. It's not something. You know that sounds like uh, an accusation on, on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, rejoiced in, in the words that Jesus had. Number two, the leper who returned thanking Jesus. Yes, yes, right. Uh, your faith has made you well, uh, Jesus, and he was also a Samaritan. Samaritan. And number one thief on the cross today you will see me in paradise okay you know what i'll give you that one will you give me that one i'll give you that one but what's what i like about this list is and there, you know this could be i could make this list if i had another five minutes another 12 mm-hmm. and there's a point to this especially in the new testament as well is the fact that that uh, faith does come when the word of God is given, it does come from unlikely places. And we go through life assuming that, well, we use terms like lost causes and we, we as Lutherans sometimes will take for granted the word that we hear. And, uh, and uh, all of these show faith that trusts in God's goodness and his mercy and, uh, and in places that you would expect. Just like the apostles, the disciples were people you would expect that God would choose. And all these things then go show to what God truly does and the power of his word in, in converting and bringing life and breathing life into to our deadness. And so if this is a case for these unlikely people of faith, then certainly the listener uh, to our podcast today, certainly you can qualify in this list as well. 
that's a good place to end, don't you think, Pete? Well, yeah. And before we end, we should talk once again. I I played the the uh, the promo at the beginning. What'd you think of the promo, by the way? I I really uh, turned out really well. I think. Yes, yes. It sounded like really f- sounded like really flashy local radio ad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm glad you understood the vibes. Right. Like. Like that is really good quality for like small town local radio. That's what I liked about it. <laughs> anyway, and by, and I, I kind of want to end. By the way, we can awful also offer you low APR financing. Right. <laughs> Just Funded use the coupon the- code. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, so we have <laughs> we're kind of tiptoeing around it. We have the live show coming up. Uh, if you're listening to this as the day it comes out, tomorrow, tomorrow, Monday, the 24th, at 7 o'clock at the historic, the historic Windsor Theater, Windsor Theater. Uh, so come join us. Uh, got a lot of different stuff planned. Got a lot of other stuff that's not planned that we're definitely. Yeah, we, we definitely need to have a production meeting for this one. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have like. People come ready for like this awesome new show and Berg will stroll in. Hey guys, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna sit down at the table and we're just gonna have our 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 every episode pre-show, which is about two minutes of Vicar and Berg looking at the text for the next week and then going, So what else are we doing? And dad goes or Bullhagen goes, I don't know, I could do a top twelve. <laughs> yeah, we could riff on that. We could riff on that. Yeah, that's exactly what he says. Yeah. So, uh, so we'll, yes. we'll put a little more effort into this one. Yeah, maybe Sunday afternoon we'll do Sunday a little bit of production. We'll figure it out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, come join us. No admission. Uh, it's free to enter. Uh, you can buy some popcorn or concessions if you want. You can bring your own drink to, to sip on. I'm sure we'll have something up there. And um, come with a question. Because uh, we're, we're probably going to want the content anyway. <laughs> so uh, get us a question that will stump Berg. And this is your chance, like, to actually hear your voice on a on a podcast. Are we going to are we going to have? <laughs> uh, I guess we could do that. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we, we need to have a production. We, meeting. we really do need to have this production <laughs> meeting. Uh, you know what? Let's let's. We, it's just you and me. Let's kind of try and figure this out now. So let's end the podcast. How about that? All right. So uh, this is uh, Uh This is Peter. And may your live events be planned. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.